0: Amen, Go in your Bible to Proverbs 6, Proverbs 6, I'm sure all of you all read Proverbs on a regular basis, if not you should, Uh, it will always help you even if it's too much to read half a chapter a day, I mean even if you read five or ten Proverbs, read ten Proverbs a day, ten verses, just uh, it's the wisdom of God. Uh the sooner in life you get it, the better off you are. Uh, before we start our lesson, as uh, has been usual, uh, start with some questions. And as always, these are a mixture of uh, old questions that I uh, thought would be helpful for you and new questions turned in uh, this time. Question number one, what should I do about other children at school making fun of my child's looks? Uh, if you remember last week when we were talking about character, we talked about... Uh, helping our children have a healthy self uh, image and and how to do that. Uh, First thing I'm gonna say is that uh, that's gonna happen. And you you might as well just decide, well, uh, how am I gonna handle this? It's gonna happen, it's gonna happen in school, it's gonna happen on teams, it's gonna happen on clubs, it's gonna happen in church, it's gonna happen in your family. Um, You know, I'm not saying it's right, Uh, it's gonna happen. And so uh, you you need to start by just saying, okay, this is going to happen. What am I going to do? And the first thing don't do, don't hit the roof. The the bigger deal you make out of this, uh, the bigger deal it's going to be to your child. And and, and so you you need to just start out by not blowing your stack, not going crazy. um, Because when you make a big deal out of it, it'll be a bigger deal to them. Um, The second thing I'm going to say is that if you've succeeded in doing like what we've talked about, getting your child's primary view of themselves, of in what God thinks about them and in their character, because that's what they can control, uh, this will be less of a big deal. Now, notice I didn't say it won't matter. (laughs) Uh, It is always going to matter, and uh, I mean, a part of the reason you're there as a parent is to help steer your children through this kind of uh, stuff. And so I would reinforce uh, their real value uh, to them. And um, we always taught our boys that, you know, when someone makes fun of you, pretend like it doesn't matter. And when, when someone is making fun of someone else and they feel like they're being effective, uh, they're, they're, they're more likely to continue. And you notice I said pretend it doesn't matter. It's always going to matter. But they're far less likely to keep going if they pretend it doesn't bother them. Uh, I would reinforce the attractiveness of your child uh, to them. Uh, Though coming from a parent, that's not going to mean as much as their peers. And I would use this as a teaching moment. Uh, Remember, when we were talking about teaching our children, one of the ways children learn is in blurbs. Not every moment in your child's life is a teachable moment. And most of the teachable moments are going to be when your child's going through some difficulty. And so this is a teachable moment. And so I would always use this to remind them of how it makes someone feel when that happens to them. And, um, you know, you're just going to have to work with it. Uh, Only in the most extreme circumstances... Would I do something like call another parent, you know, call the principal, uh, blah, blah, blah. You know, I I might privately go to a Sunday school teacher uh, or somebody, a children's church worker, a teen worker and say, hey, could you keep an eye on this? Let me know what's really going on. Uh, If you don't understand that your child is going to blow things out of proportion when they come and talk to you, you don't understand how children look at things. And if you don't understand how children look at things, you're not going to be able to help them as an adult. Uh, Question number two, how do you help your child gain uh, confidence? Um, We we talked about this some last week, but uh, I think you should always be looking for uh, areas where your child does well. Uh, God God has given every human being natural gifts, uh, and God has given every Christian at least one spiritual gift. And so as a parent, You want to be looking for those areas, because however it is God has gifted them, uh, they're going to excel to some degree, and they'll get joy from, from doing it, and as long as it's not some area of life that is going to hurt them. Uh, you have a daughter that excels at football, <laughs> you, you know, uh, something that's going to make it difficult to identify with their gender. You have a boy that, you know, loves to sew. You, you know, as long as it's not something that makes it difficult to identify with their gender, uh, look for those areas of strength and encourage uh, them in them. Um, if you have a kid that's struggling as a teenager, you know, one of, one of the things I would always recommend to every parent is find some place where they can get some identity. Um, My uh, sister-in-law had a son that had a lot of self-confidence issues and uh, he was interested in bowling. And um, you know, just, I told Sharon, I said, tell your sister, you know, get him in a bowling league. Get him in the bowling team at school. You know, find, if he's got an interest there, f- help him find an area where he can identify and, and, and excel and do well. It'll help his confidence. Now, I don't think she did that, but, and, no, I don't, not my wife, her sister, you know, because I'm not running him to bowling. You, you know, uh, f- find something. Uh, you know, it just, again, it helps them have their confidence. Question number three Is it possible to tell your children they're pretty and handsome too frequently? <laughs> of course. You know, when you're trying, and again, I don't think it's wrong to tell your children, hey, you know, hey, you're a good looking kid or whatever. I don't think that's wrong, but, but I think you really set them up when you make that an emphasis of their life. I mean, the proverb says, favor is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman that pleases the Lord, uh, she shall be praised. And uh, most of you all aren't old enough yet, but there will come a day when you come to realize, wow, you know what? It's a little tough for me to remain, uh, to keep uh, the form uh, that I once had. <laughs> and if all your identity is in that, you know, again, you set your children and yourself up to fail. And, um, and, and so, yeah, uh, it's, of course it's possible to tell them uh, too much. Um, but By the way, uh, everybody, and especially probably every lady, have uh, body image issues. I, I don't care. You might look at them and say they're the most beautiful, fit person I've ever seen, and they have body image issues. And the reason for that is, is we all compare ourselves to these people on television, who by and large were A, began as the most beautiful people among us, and B, generally have little or nothing else to do other than to stay in shape. And they have trainers and nutritionists and all that to help them do it. And uh, and so that just doesn't help. And so just be careful with how much of an emphasis you put on that. Uh, question number four, is it wise to tell your children you're not perfect and that you want them to do better than you did? Uh, what, what I would say is they will recognize your imperfections without you pointing them out. If they haven't recognized them yet, it's too early for you to tell them about them. Uh, they're not ready to face them. Th- there will come a day when they will recognize them, and, and you'll have to talk about that. Uh, you know, but don't... I, I remember... I don't remember what lesson it was. We, we talked about the importance of not tearing down authority figures in their life to let them figure out the flaws and immaturities of those authority figures on themselves. Because if you bring them up, you might bring them up at an age when they're not ready to face them. If they recognize them themselves, then they are ready to face them because God allowed them to see it and then that allows you to help steer them uh, through it. Um, I would really, I would hesitate uh, sharing dark difficulties of, of your past with your children, especially when, they, when, they, when, they're, when they're younger. Uh, now, when they get older, uh, if they fail in something, you, you know, you can say, hey, you know, this happened to me. This is how uh, it hurt me. Uh, this is how I found God's grace and changed. Uh, and, and so maybe when they're older, uh, some of that is okay. Uh, but, um, you know, they'll, they'll figure out your imperfections soon enough. Question number five, uh, how do we start identifying our children's strengths and weaknesses? Uh, you you got to start by being honest. You, you know, if, if all you do is look at your children through parent goggles, uh, you, you will never fully help them. Um, listen uh, to what other people say about them. I, I mean... It was not uncommon. I I would go to our kids' Sunday school teachers and school teachers and all that. Hey, how are they doing? You know, what what, what do you think? Uh, Where are they weak? You know, what's going on? And 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 ask questions. And then just stop shooting the messenger. (laughs) Um, Consider the message. Uh, And and so you really got you begin by being honest. uh, Pray for wisdom. Uh, as a parent, you ought to always be praying for the wisdom of God uh, or to recognize your child's strengths and weaknesses so you can face them and help them. Uh, you need wisdom. Question number six, how do I make sure my child is surrounded by good friends when I don't like any of the kids their age at church? Uh, this is an old question, and honestly, the, the first time I read it year, year, several years ago, I, I just literally uh, laughed out loud be, because... You know, this is a parent goggle question, because all those other parents are looking at the same group of kids, including your kid, and saying, wow, uh, these kids are all a mess. Uh, (laughs) And what, what happens is... We, if we're not careful, only look at our child through the parent goggles and don't see their weaknesses and flaws. And we look at everybody else's kid with the opposite and all we see is their flaws. And, and what I would say is, um, be honest about what your kid is. Keep your kid around the best kids you can find. Uh, I, I, uh, every kid is flawed. Church kids are flawed. Kids from good families are flawed. Your kid is flawed. Uh, Keep them around as best of kids as you can. Keep them around um, when they're somewhere between 15 and 18. If you've done that, you'll be glad you did. Uh, Because if they go bad, uh, you're going to really regret not trying to keep them around better kids. Uh, Your kid all their life is going to... Satan will always make sure, both in the church and away from the church, he will always make sure there's somebody there to lead them astray and go down a dark path. And and so you you need to just start teaching them young uh, (laughs) to to recognize and make decisions for themselves. Uh, Somebody said, don't worry about your children not listening to you as much as you worry about them always watching you. Uh, Somebody said, it's easier to have opinions on how everyone else should raise their children than to parent your own children. Uh, A couple of uh, thoughts to ponder. Before we start, here's the first one. There's a reason God made human children dependent on their parents longer than any other mammal. <laughs> you have time with them. When you think you're going to have everything resolved at 4 or 7 or 12 or, or whatever it is, you're losing sight of the fact God gave them to you for a long time. There are be a lot of things you're going to be working on over the years. They will change. Uh, but God gave you a long time. Um The second, here's another thought to leave with you. Children need to have you as their friend, but they need you to have as their parent uh, even more. Uh, They need you to be the adult in the situation even more. Uh, Today we're in week 11. I'm not sure whether we'll go 13 or 14 weeks. We we may even go 15. I'm really pondering around whether to take a week on how to teach our children to handle their money. Um, Thinking about it, uh, because a lot of young adults, and it may have happened to some of you, You you know, you got to be 18, 19, 20 years old and you uh, did not know anything about handling money and therefore made a lot of dumb decisions. And they will stick with you uh, depending on how bad you made them, uh, 10 years, uh, sometimes life. And so I'm thinking about that, praying about it. Don't know what the Lord uh, wants. Uh, I was in a hurry to try to get done before Labor Day and, and I since have decided that's probably not wise. Uh, We're here and and just want to do a good job while I'm here. We're talking about character. Um, This is our third lesson on character. Remember, character is what you are. Reputation is what others perceive you to be. Our culture is focused on image. Our culture is focused on reputation. Uh, God is focused on character. And so as a parent, you need to be focused on character. Uh, If your children have good character, they will be what they're supposed to be. If they have good character, they will do what they're supposed to do. If they have good character, their reputation will eventually catch up to who they really are. And character is learned behavior. It's not talent. It's not faith. It's not a natural gift. It's not a spiritual gift. Character is learned uh, behavior. Some of you were raised uh, without much good character. Uh, And you're going to have to learn character as an adult. That's all right. You can. It's learned behavior. Others of you were raised uh, with good character, and as an adult, you're either going to decide to embrace that and build that, or you're going to let it go. It's learned behavior, and we're just talking about what kind of character attributes we should model and train into our children. Last week, we talked about uh, the importance of building a healthy self-image. Who remembers the key sentence that I kept repeating? Oh, good. Nobody. Yeah. You're in the hood. It is not the person with the most confidence who succeeds. It is the person with the most realistic assessment of their strengths and weaknesses who succeeds. And uh, it's our job to have a realistic assessment of that so we can help our children. So today we're going to, I want to talk about three other character qualities to model and teach our children. Here, here's the first one, teach our children to receive instruction and admonition. Uh, there are several things, if you read Proverbs, you find occurring over and over and over again And this admonition to receive instruction and admonition is constantly repeated. Look at Proverbs 6:23. It says, for the commandment is a lamp and the law is light. Reproofs of our instruction are the way of life. So notice, being able to hear reproof and instruction, it's a way to life. It's a way of life. Uh, look up to chapter 13. Chapter 13, verse uh, 18. Uh, says, poverty and shame shall be to him that refuseth instruction. He that regardeth reproof shall be honor. Let me ask you, do you want poverty and shame for your children? No. Would you like for your children to have honor if they deserve honor? Of course. And hearing and receiving instruction, admonition is part of that. Look at Proverbs 15, verse 5. A fool despiseth his father's instruction. He that regardeth reproof is prudent. Well, again, pretty obvious. Verse 10, correction is grievous unto him that forsaketh the way. He that hateth reproof shall die. Uh, Again, the value of hearing correction and hearing reproof. Look at verse 31 of the same chapter. It says, The ear that heareth the reproof of life abideth among the wise. He that refuseth instruction despiseth his own soul. He that heareth reproof getteth understanding. Uh, Over and over again in Proverbs, this theme is repeated. Now, a lot of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs is the instruction of father to the son. Uh, 23 times in in Proverbs it says, my son, blah, 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 blah. And so uh, this is an important aspect of life. Uh, It is a father, a wise father teaching uh, a son. You might say, well, I don't have uh, and didn't have a wise father. Well, read the book. I mean, it's just like sitting at the foot of a wise father. Uh, Learning to have a willingness to listen and take instruction is one of the greatest gifts you give your children. You you ever know any adults who are too stubborn to listen to anybody? Uh, One thing you'll notice about adults like that is they will live a painful life. They because they refuse to hear instruction, they refuse to be corrected, they refuse to hear reproof, they must learn every lesson in life the hard way. Who wants that for your child? No sensible parent. Not listening to reproof is the great enemy of all self-improvement. It's the enemy of repentance. It's the enemy of positive changes in our life. It's the uh, enemy of personal growth. Now, some children... uh, take instruction and receive correction more easily than others. There are some children, they just are more naturally cooperative, more naturally will allow themselves to be corrected. And other children, they're on the opposite end of the spectrum, and they don't want to listen to anybody. Now, you can't control how naturally your child receives instruction and correction, but you can control whether it's something you value and teach them, and you must do this for their own sake. Now, most people have know something more than you in some specific area of life. Uh, when I graduated from uh, engineering college, I was just incredibly arrogant, incredibly proud, thought that because I could, you know, pass seven quarters of calculus and three quarters of physics and um, all that stuff, I just thought I knew everything about everything. And my first real job, you know, one of the things I learned is that those men that stood at that machine every day for hours, they knew a lot about that machine that I didn't know. Now, they might not be able to properly explain it, but they knew that And it was a real help in my life when I learned that, wow, you know what? I need to learn from that man. I need to listen to that woman who's there. Uh, they know things I don't know. And you have to embrace that attitude yourself because the only way you're going to teach your children to receive instruction and admonition is by being someone who receives it yourself. Now, you can decide to be the kind of parent who says nobody's going to admonish my children or correct my children except for me. No one's going to teach them except for me. Go ahead. But what I would say to you is you'll be far wiser to allow other people in their life who will teach and admonish your children. Yes, of course, you should be the primary person. But your children will will be better. As a parent, uh, Sharon and I, we were always glad when our children would listen to anybody, who we thought might tell them something similar to what we would tell them. Now, I will say, as a parent, sometimes that stings. Why don't they just come to me? I knew that too. And and you're going to have to be humble enough to say, you know what? More than I want to teach them myself, I want them to learn. Uh, You say, Brother Wally, how can I teach my children to receive instruction and admonition? Uh, Obviously, let them see you seek and listen to wise counsel, hear instruction. Do you? Uh, Let them see you listen to reproof and be corrected. Uh, Let them see you go to the altar and pray. I, I would never be the kind of Christian who attends a church like this and never goes and prays to the altar. Uh, You may disagree with this, but I always felt like when God spoke to my heart and if some voice in my head says, you know, don't go to the altar, someone might think you're guilty of that, I always went because I knew that was my pride. B, let them see you respond. Uh, If you write down something, write this down. Teach them that someone asking a question is not usually a challenge. Does anybody know what I mean by that? See, most people feel like if you ask a question, you're challenging them. Hey, what did you do all day? What, do you don't think I did anything? Do do you follow what I'm saying? And because most adults are warped like that, their homes are warped like that. You, you, You know, teach your children that when you ask a question, you know what, most of the time you're just asking a question. It's not an accusation. And that's really, really important. I've got stop finding fault with the messengers who bring truth. (laughs) Uh, I've got let them correct you in a a respectful way when it's appropriate. Um, Quite frankly, my children corrected me a lot. Say, why? Sometimes I needed it. They weren't always right. But I always felt, hey, if they're respectful, you know, they're entitled to their opinion. Just today, I had to apologize uh, to one of our children, and uh, I've got one more apology to close out the package. Hey, I was a sinner trying to do what's right. Uh, Compliment them for listening and following good advice. And I hope it doesn't uh, bother faith, but just uh, they had the men's camp out this past weekend, and uh, when I saw Ben, he had shorts on. He had all these cuts in his leg and uh i i said what happened to you you know and he said it was at the men's camp out and josh said i told him to stay out of that grass and you know, he only went into the sawgrass and uh i just said uh t- to ben uh, i said uh, did your daddy tell you to not go in the sawgrass yes uh did it work out good for you to go into the sawgrass no uh you know what you'll always find you'll be better listening to your daddy uh, so what are you doing? Reinforcing something. That, that's, how you te- that's how you teach your children. You, listen, your child ought to over and over and over hear you show them, either from their own life or the lives of the people around you, how things work out bad when someone doesn't receive correction. And listening to instruction and admonition, it's not a gift of God. it's a choice. It's part of our character. Uh, There's people in here. Your life has been much harder than it needed to be because you won't let anyone teach you. You won't take instruction. You won't listen. You won't let anybody correct you. Please stop that. Go to Romans chapter 14. My pastor used to always say that people get too soon old and too late smart used to say that all the time and I've prayed lots of times Lord help me not to get too soon old and too late smart um I don't need the extra pain I mean life has enough pain it really does you're in a sinful world broken people uh my my life doesn't need extra pain of me making dumb decisions and my children didn't need it either Neither does my wife uh Here's a second character attribute for today. Uh, Romans chapter 14, verse 12 says, So then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. If that verse is not highlighted or underlined or something in your Bible, you ought to. That's an important Bible principle. It's actually an important doctrine too. And here's the second thing. Teach them to be responsible for their choices. Teach them to be responsible for their choices. Notice every one of us is going to give account of himself to God. Uh, Someday when I face God, I'm not going to be able to say, well, my wife, you fill in the blank. I'm not going to be able to say, well, my parents, you fill in the blank. I'm not going to be able to say my pastor, my teachers, these people in the church did that. Uh, When you and I give an account to God, we will not be blaming anyone else. For anything, we will give an account for ourselves. And so this principle is important to teach our children. They need to be responsible for their own choices. God made us free. We're free to choose to obey God, uh, not obey God, or float around somewhere in the middle. But God ultimately will choose what results from our choices. He'll hold us accountable. Uh, you may remember from the book of Deuteronomy, you guys remember where it says, the fathers shall not be put to death for the children, and the children will not be put to death for the fathers. You remember that? I mean, that's just another way of saying, hey, you, you know what? Ultimately, uh, I'm responsible for myself, m- not my parents. Uh, ultimately, I'm responsible for myself, not my children. Was I responsible for how I taught them and pointed them? Yeah. Are they responsible for how they chose to respond to what I taught them? Yes, they are, not me. Now, we live in a culture that is irresponsible and becoming increasingly irresponsible. I mean, people blame everything they are and everything they're not on someone else. I mean, just the other day I saw a commercial, and it was a commercial against alcoholism. And basically the crux of the commercial was that 50% of people who are alcoholics uh our their their parent was an alcoholic and the crux of the commercial what was it's not your fault hey it isn't your fault if your parents an alcoholic you have nothing to do with that they won't answer to god but listen if you're an alcoholic it's your fault do, do i think that some people have more genetic disposition to addiction to alcohol than others yes I think Native Americans have a a lot of genetic disposition to be an alcoholic. You say, why do you say that? Because so many of them are. Go to a reservation. Do do I think that if your parent was an alcoholic, it's easier for you to choose to be an alcoholic? Well, absolutely. But you don't have to. Uh, Take responsibility for what you say and do. And what you fail to say and do, that's an important part of being a functional adult. Listen, a lot of people get older, but they're not functional adults because they're not responsible. Listen, people of all ages blame someone else. This was my boss. It was my old friend. It was my mother. It was my husband. It was my kid. It, it was the pastor. Listen, stop that. God doesn't allow anything in anybody's life that with his grace and their good choices, they cannot overcome. And so one of the worst things you do for your child, if you want them to be a responsible adult, is just bail them out from every bad decision they make. You know, when they do something dumb, let them feel the pain of it. Years ago, uh, I was, uh, I guess I might have been 30. Um, Our kids were still young. Maybe I was 33 or 4. And uh, my pastor uh, uh, asked me to teach a series on on parenting at at our old church on Sunday night. And I really, I thought to myself, you know, my kids are too young. I mean, our product is not done. Uh, I'm really trying to do right, but I, I want input. And so what I did was I made a questionnaire up and I gave it to uh, probably uh, four or five more seasoned uh, Christian parents whose children were older than ours, who product, whose product of their philosophy was in. And um, here's one of the things one of those parents wrote, and, and I've never forgotten it. Uh, it's, it's a quote. The biggest mistake I think parents make is not being able to see their child's weaknesses and to overprotect their child. I think it's my responsibility to correct my child's mistakes and help them understand the tendencies they may have to fail. It's not my job to change the world for my child, but to help my child survive in a world that will never be fair. And uh, that's something that comes out of the mouth, who's raised children, not somebody who's reading blogs, whose kid is still two. Um, teach them life isn't filled with people who owe them a living. Um, People who think the world owes them a living, listen, that has nearly destroyed whole segments of our society. So how can I teach my children to take responsibility for their choices? Start by not letting them blame teachers, coaches, or friends for what they choose. Hold them responsible for their choices. Now, you may privately think that a teacher was not fair or that a coach was not fair or or something like that, and and maybe they weren't. Have you ever thought that maybe God allowed that in their life so you could help them learn what it's like to be mistreated by an authority figure? Uh, Listen, you might not be old enough yet, but if you stay in the workforce very long, you're going to work for a bad boss or two. And I've had some really bad bosses, had some good ones too. You you know, how how do you deal with that? You know, parents prepare you for that. Let them see you take responsibility for what you do and fail to do. Just stop accepting them, blaming someone else. Hold them responsible for their grades. Hold them responsible for their attitudes. Hold them responsible for what they say. Listen, some of you, you, you're not going to teach your kids this because you don't do that. You still blame what you say on somebody else. You still blame your attitude on somebody else. You still blame what you do and don't do on somebody else. And that's just a reflection of your human and spiritual immaturity. Hold them responsible when they're angry. Hold them responsible when they're tired. Hold them responsible when they don't feel good. Listen, I don't think when you're angry or tired or don't feel good, you need to be running around, eh. But you also, you, you don't need to be chopping everybody's head off. That's a choice. Is it an easier choice to make when you're angry? Is it an easier choice to make when you're tired? Yes. But it's still a choice. I, I hope you're beginning to see a pattern in in, in, in all this. Uh, how do I teach my children to be responsible? Uh Add responsibilities when you add privileges in their life. Uh, Take away privileges when they're irresponsible. This is how you teach them. Teach them the value of trust. Uh, When they earn trust, give them trust. Give them more privileges. Give them more responsibility. When they betray trust, take those things back. Listen, trust is a valuable thing. It means a lot to me that I know my wife can trust me. Does it mean a lot to you? Teach your children that. Teach them to keep their word and keep whatever commitments they make when it's difficult to keep them. Listen, if they say they want to play soccer, they're going to finish out a season. They say they want to play Candyland, we're finishing one game. Accepting responsibility is not a gift of God. It's a choice. It's learned behavior. Then the third character quality today, I want to talk about teaching. Go in your Bible to Colossians chapter 3. We're just talking about character quality to teach our children. Hey, you got lots of years. You model this and you teach this. Are you going to fail modeling this? Of course. Of course. And at some point, your children are going to be old enough to recognize your failure, and then you take responsibility for it. Well, my dad, uh, he wasn't around. That's why I'm not around. No, no, no. Uh, Here's number three. Colossians chapter three, verse 23. Whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord. Not unto men, knowing that of the Lord, you shall receive the reward of the inheritance for you serve the Lord Christ. By the way, again, those are verses I have highlighted in my Bible. That is a key statement. And here's a third character, quality. Teach them to pursue personal excellence (laughs) and just accept whatever victories or losses that gives. I, I hate that in some cases, being a Christian is sort of synonymous with mediocrity. I think you can be a follower of Jesus and pursue personal excellence uh, at whatever you do. Uh, Listen, if I was a stay-at-home mom, I'd be an excellent stay-at-home mom. Uh, When I worked as an engineer, hey, I tried to be the best engineer in the place, as good as I could be. Uh, When I started at the uh, next to the last job, I had... Uh, on the first job evaluation, he gave me a bad raise because he said I didn't stay and work enough. And I, and he was divorced. And I, I said, listen, I said, you get here late every day. I come here on time, and I start working on time, and I work while I'm here. Uh, I'm not going to leave my family behind and stay here because you guys don't come on time. So, said, did your boss appreciate that? Probably not. But two years later, he promoted me, and he always gave me after that the highest-profile jobs we did. You say, why? Because he knew I was going to do them. Hey, personal excellence, whatever, however that compares to other people, how it compares doesn't matter. It matters to God. Uh, We don't have time to turn there, but most of you are familiar with the story of the widow putting the the money in in the treasury. You remember that? And she threw in two mites, which was just a couple of parts of a penny. And uh, Jesus said, she's given more than all these people. say, why? Because she gave her best. See, we're really wired to be comparative. And we consider what we're doing to be good if it's better than somebody else's what somebody else is doing. Whereas God, he doesn't look at it like that. He looks at it, okay, what could they be doing? So how do I teach my children personal excellence? i start by modeling it. I don't care whatever it is you do. Your kid ought to see you putting your heart in it and you being the best you, you can be. You ought to have high expectations for their schoolwork. I hate that Biblical Christianity at times is is synonymous with being ignorant. I hate that. Don't don't say, well, I struggled in school too. Well, you may have struggled in school, but you don't have to encourage their struggles. Uh, Don't let them get by with sloppy work. If they do sloppy work in school, make them do it over. If they do sloppy work in the home, make them do it over. So, I'd have to make them do it over four times. Well, make them do it over four times. Sooner or later, they're going to figure out you know what? If I'd have just done it right the first time, I wouldn't have had to do it four times. Help them become comfortable with whatever their best produces. Listen, our best doesn't always win, our best doesn't always get us the promotion. But we need to become be comfortable with whatever our best produces, and and for the most part, we're not wired to give our best without somebody on the outside pushing us. And, and so, be that uh, for your children, and find somebody to help you do it if you don't have it in your heart. Um, I'll stop at this story. Uh, our kids for we were seven years in a conservative. Baptist school, and then we were nine years in a public school, and when Wally was in uh, second grade at the Christian school, they called this teacher meeting, and um, I first, I mean, I didn't know what was going on. I mean, I just went. Sharon and I did, and I was just shocked at how many parents were there because I'd been to other parent meetings, and they weren't well attended like this, and the principal got up, and he began the conversation by saying, I know a lot of you are not happy because uh, of all the math homework your children have been getting, and uh, I just want you to know that we've stepped up our math program because we felt our math program was weak, and we want to improve it, and then parents started lifting their hands and griping about all the math homework, and uh, a guy that was next to me had a uniform on of some sort, and there's nothing, by, by the way, if you want to be a skilled worker, that's wonderful, God in. He intends some people to be good, skilled workers. Uh, but this guy, he lifted his hand. He said, I didn't do hardly any math and, uh, and all my life. and never had all this math homework and it's never hurt me. And I finally had had it up to here. And I lifted my hand and I just said, uh, I know what everybody's saying here, but I want to thank you for making our math curriculum more difficult. I said, someday my kids are going to graduate from this school and they're going to compete in math against all these kids from other schools. I want to thank you for upgrading the program so my kids can compete better. Silence in the room. But nobody else complained. So what? Personal excellence. It is a great character quality. It will help you all your life. It will help your children all their life. It will help you in your ministry. It will help you in your home. And it's not a gift. It's learned behavior. You should have a sheet, fill out a question. Turn them in, write something on it. God bless you. You're dismissed. I went two minutes too long.